Welcome to the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church, we seek to love God, love others, and make a difference. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you. Well, this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. And uh, as we celebrate all that God did last year, as we look forward all that he's gonna do this year and as we just remember what it's all about. And uh, we're simulcasting over to our Carson City campus. Reno, let's give it up for Carson. Carson, go ahead and give it up for Reno. I think I can hear them. I think I can hear them from here. Hey, so I'm just gonna take a few minutes and we're just going to celebrate God's goodness last year, look forward to some things we're believing God to do this year, and then we're gonna wrap up, we're gonna look in the book of Luke at a story that I really believe just illustrates why we do the things that we do. And so as we look back at 2023, one of our biggest highlights, we baptized uh, more people than we ever have. I saw 155 people go public with the difference that Jesus made in their life. That's the most we've ever seen in a year. Uh, today, this is the most we'll ever see in a weekend across our campuses, over 60 people getting baptized just today. And so incredible. Last year, we started our internship program. We believe that if we're going to fulfill God's mission for us, one of our greatest callings is to be very proactive to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. We kicked off our internship program last year. Uh, Let me share with you a quote from one of our interns, Colby. Here's what he said. He said, being a part of the intern program has been amazing. I felt challenged to grow in both leadership and in my faith. Growing up, my dad was a pastor and I knew how hard ministry was on him and our family. But after doing the internship, I saw the victories in people's lives, the reason why people spend their life in ministry. Now I feel this calling on my heart to pursue ministry, specifically student ministry. I wanna care about students the same way Jesus cares for students. I never wanna push this passion for God to the side. I wanna pursue him with everything I have. Thank you for this amazing opportunity. Let's give it up for our interns. Something else awesome last year is we opened up the kindergarten class for our Life Christian Academy, and I'll be sharing with you more about what God's doing at LCA here in a few minutes. Uh, Last year, we were able to give more money away to those in need than ever before. uh, Hardly a week goes by that we don't get one, if not multiple requests from people that call Life Church their church or just people in the community asking for financial assistance. And we help as much as we possibly can. And many times it opens the door for an even greater ministry opportunity. Just in the last week or so that we saw this happen, there was a gentleman in our church who works at one of the local hospitals. Uh, there was a, a lady that came in to the ER, uh, she'd been uh, meaningfully uh, injured um, from her, her husband abusing her. Uh, this gentleman that worked at the hospital uh, realized that, that she, while she definitely needed medical assistance, she also was gonna need some assistance just uh, having a place to go afterwards. She was in great need, and so he uh, asked if her if it'd be okay if he reached out to his church. And so he reached out to one of our staff, and who, who quickly, uh, one of our staff and their wife quickly went and met this lady and her children. They didn't have any place to stay. Life Church was able to get them a hotel room for a few days. It quickly became clear to, to this staff 
staff couple that, that they didn't have any basic necessities because they had just had to leave so suddenly. They didn't have any uh, clean clothes, no shoes for the kids, no food to eat. And so took, those, took that family to, to Walmart. And then it quickly became clear that she wasn't gonna feel safe until she got out of northern Nevada. And so this one of our staff people then drove this lady and her kids to central California to safety. But I just want you to know that your generosity allows us to make a difference in ways like that more than you ever get to hear about that. So listen, I just wanna thank you for your generosity. She sent, she sent this note uh, the next day to Pastor Scott. She said this. Scott, thank you so very much for helping me and my children. I'm so very grateful for you, Brian, Tina, and Tim. All of you saved me and are truly heaven sent. I will never forget the kindness and compassion all of you have shown me. I feel so blessed. God really has been watching over me. Also, yes, uh, um, one, of the, one of the biggest things we did last year was we were able to purchase and renovate and open our Carson City campus. It was last March that we closed on the sale of that purchase there, began the process of getting those facilities uh, ready to be opened and began the process of just doing events in Carson City to raise awareness and build a team of people that would be the launch team to help us launch the Carson City campus. Like I said, it opened 10 weeks ago, it's going in incredibly well. Uh, Pastor Dusty was sharing with me that, that uh, there's this gentleman that he always says hi to, that he always sits in the same spot, which made me think, what percentage of you always pretty much sit in pretty much the same spot? Raise your hand, raise your hand. And then raise your hand if you're just like, hey, I'm just trying to find a seat. I'm getting here late, you know? And so, uh, and so this guy always sits in the same spot every week. Dusty just checks in on him. And, and, and on this week, he checked in on Dusty. He said, man, Dusty, how are you? How was your week? And then Dusty said, hey, to be honest, it was sort of a long, hard week. And, and then later, as uh, a few minutes later, this man came and, and found Pastor Dusty, and, and, and he said this. He said, I want you to know, the next time you feel stressed, how much this Campus of Life Church being here in Carson City means to me. He said this, he said, this church saved my life. We had been so disconnected out of church and when we showed up here, it felt like home. Every week we feel so blessed to be in our new church home. And whenever I'm able to be in Carson City, every week, I, every time, I meet so many people that say, we have been praying for months, if not years, for a church like Life Church to come to Carson City. I couldn't be more excited. Let's give it up for our Carson City campus again. Another big thing that happened last year is we launched the Uncharted Initiative. If you were around last fall, Uncharted, simply the name that we're giving towards all, uh, for all of our generosity at Life Church for the next two years to resource all the things that we feel like God's called us to do. And, and so it includes just everything from what we call Uncharted Ministry, which primarily talks about like our ongoing general fund at, at our Reno campus, and then Uncharted Mission which is the difference that we're making outside of Reno, including opening up our Carson City campus and uh, getting ready to open up our Sparks campus, partnering with our ongoing mission partners, the monies that we give away to the needy in our 
community and in our church. Uh, it includes the five churches that we're building in India that we've already begun funding some of those. It includes the Sustainable Farming Initiative and Education Program in Costa Rica that opens the door for sharing the gospel while bringing community transformation, and we've already funded that. It includes building a church in partnership with Stadia and Compassion International in Bolivia that'll house uh, a, a Compassion International project. This will be a large church building that will allow 200 children a day to come and have access to healthcare and education and learn about Jesus and have a healthy meal. And so all of these things that we're doing outside of Reno, this uncharted mission, and then what we call uncharted movement, which includes the transformation of our Reno campus, paving the back parking lot, building the LCA building, reworking our storage. And so everything that's kind of a part of all of the things that we feel that God's called us to do at Life Church from December 2023 through December 2023. All of those resources are a part of what's called Uncharted. So anytime you give to Life Church, you are giving towards this Uncharted initiative. Let me share with you a little snapshot of how the church uh, uh, performed financially in 2023. Look at this slide with me. This is a statement of our income in 2023. That top line, just over six and a half million dollars, represents your generosity, your investment in what God's doing at Life Church. Uh, just over $2 million represents uh, the tuition and fees from our Kids Life Child Development Center, our base camp, which is a part of Kids Life, our before and after school program, and Life Christian Academy. And then rental income that are, are the schools that we partner with in Carson City. Total income of just under $9 million. Let me share with you a big picture how these resources were spent payroll expenses of just over $3.4 million across the organization, including the preschool, before and after care, Life Christian Academy, and then the church staff proper in 2023, roughly 75 full-time equivalent staff, and then benefits, and then uh, external missions and benevolence. That's, that's the, our missions partners, the difference you make outside of South Reno, internal ministries, that includes stuff like youth ministry, kids ministry, life groups, all the kind of Monday through Friday ministries that are happening, facility-related expenses, insurance, that includes like workman's comp, liability, office administrative and printing, and then, uh, then you, interest expense, and then for total expenses, of just over $7 million, leaving uh, almost $1.9 million available for reserves and capital expenditures, primarily going towards buildings and, and facilities that we will be building and also renovations that we did there in Carson City. Let's celebrate all that God did in 2023. <laughs> let, me, let me throw a little picture of Pastor Scott uh, up on the screen. Pastor Scott's our executive pastor of administration and operations. If, if, if Life Church is your church, and you're investing financially here, and you've got more specific questions, he's always happy to have a chat. So let me talk to you about some of the things that we're believing for God to do in 2024. Uh, one thing we're, we're doing is we are uh, beginning to actively prepare 
to launch the Spanish Springs Campus of Life Church in early 2025. And so we will, just like we did last year, about a year ago, with, with our Carson kind of ramp up, we gathered a group of people that began to pray and prepare and, 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 and work and so that we could be ready to launch the campus. And so we will have an interest meeting on April the 21st. If you live out Spanish Springs, Wingfield Springs, that area, and you're interested in learning what it looks like to be a part of the launch team, the small group of people that God uses to get that off the ground, making a big difference, uh, we will have an interest meeting on April the 21st. Here's something you could be praying about, church. Pray that God would guide us to the right location. Uh, you know, in Carson City, God just clearly guided us to that 10 acres and 40,000 square feet and miraculously opened up the doors for us to purchase that property and renovate it. And so we're asking that God would show us where he wants us to meet for the Spanish Springs campus of Life Church. And something else, uh, let's give it up for, I know a lot of folks excited for that. We're gonna be uh, paving the back parking lot here at our Reno campus this spring. And I know that some of you suffered this morning. Those of you that, that got your car dirty this morning, you all are excited. It's, 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 called, it's a big burden getting your car dirty for Jesus. It's a big deal. And so uh, we're super excited to pave the back parking lot so we can be ready to receive more people that come and uh, visit Life Church. Uh, and so our goal is to break ground on that this spring. Uh, a goal we have is that this summer we would be able to break ground on the Life Christian Academy school building, and, and so be praying for that. Uh, right now we're uh, in, in the process, finalizing plans, going through the permitting and bidding process, and, and that's really gonna be dependent on a couple of things. One, it's, it's going to be, the timing's gonna be directly related to the, the speed at which we see uh, the uncharted uh, giving come in, and also it's gonna be directly tied to construction prices. It's unbelievable how much it costs to build anything right now. So just pray for God's provision for resources. Pray that, that, that we would be able to get a great deal on construction costs and that God would just open up all of those doors. And so super excited about that. And, and as a part of that, that'll be, per, that'll be um, a, a part of our expansion of Life Christian Academy, which this year we're gonna be adding three more grades for Life Christian Academy. So last year, we opened up kindergarten, and then this fall, we'll be opening up first, second, third grade. And so for this next year, that'll they'll be, yes, yes, exciting, absolutely. Uh, and so this year, uh, we'll be having a K in the fall, we'll be going K, first, second, third, upstairs in our Kids Life building for that first year while we await the construction of our LCA school building. Check out this video talking about Life Christian Academy. You know, in the summer of 2005, when Claire and I first moved to, to Northern Nevada to plant Life Church, we, we always knew that it was really a part of, of, of we, what we were praying and believing would be just a movement. Our conviction then is the same as our conviction now, that, that our single greatest opportunity is with the next generation. And so for all of, of the history of Life Church, our passion has been that we're gonna do whatever it takes to reach children with the good news of Jesus and grow them up in loving and following Jesus so that ultimately that they might be sent out to change the world. At Life Christian Academy, we're all about three things, being Christ-centered, academically excellent, and community-minded. By Christ-centered, we mean that everything we do and teach 
is through a biblical worldview and with an emphasis on our students knowing Jesus and learning the Bible. So it's not just about one subject that a Christian school may teach differently than a public school. It's about the entire concept of their education and what every day is built around and every day is focused on and how that shapes not just their education, but their entire view of life as they grow up. When my husband and I hear our five-year-old memorizing the Word of God, it brings tears to our eyes every time. Like you're so proud, but you're also so touched that you hear God's Word growing in your kid. In addition to being Christ-centered, we also value academic excellence. That means that we hire the best teachers, we use the best curriculum that is available, and we hold all of our students to a very high standard. Um, we've been extremely pleased with the curriculum that has come out and how we've seen Aiden flourish in that. And even just as a little kindergartner, it's not just learning the ABCs or learning the numbers, it's the concepts and the way they teach them is really just rounding out his education in a great way. For us, it's just, we know that the education, you know, just from what we've learned and what we've seen, we just, we feel like it's the best option out there. In addition to being Christ-centered and academically excellent, we also are community-minded. What that means for us here at Life Christian Academy is that we consider all of our students and their families part of our family. It's so much deeper than just, okay, I'm gonna teach your kid how to read and write. It's, you know, really just like such a complete, well-rounded education, such a wonderful experience, such a community we're growing between, um, not just the staff, but between parents and our kids and the friendships that are being made. It's been a really great experience. The, the class size and the overall school size to, uh, to us is, it's, it's a lot less. It's, you can communicate with the head of the school. You can communicate with the teacher. I feel safer where he is. You know, one of the things that's been so encouraging over the last 19 years is just how the people of Life Church ha have just been eager to be used of God to be a part of what He's doing here in Northern Nevada and around the world. And, and really just these last months as we've gone through this uncharted initiative, dreaming about what God's gonna do in Reno and in Carson City and in Sparks, and, and, and dreaming about how God might use Life Christian Academy to see a, a generation transformed. I'm just so grateful uh, of just how the people of Life Church just always rally saying, I wanna be a part, we wanna be a part of what God is doing. Our yes is on the table. We hope that this school is just gonna grow and grow and grow, and there'll be hundreds and thousands of students over time that are gonna be able to develop a firm foundation in who God is and what they can do to be equipped to change our world for Jesus. And it's so exciting that as a church that we have had the opportunity to start this and to continue it together. And I'm so excited to see what God's gonna do. Yeah, so a few things. One is we just opened enrollment for next fall for kindergarten, first, second, and third grade. And so if you have a child or a grandchild or a friend who might be interested, point them to lcareno.com. We also 
are looking for a few great teachers, a few great assistant teachers. And so if that's something that is, is in your wheelhouse or someone you know, help us spread the word. And uh, Claire will be out on the patio by the Life Christian Academy sign uh, after service. She'd love to chat with you about employment or just learning more about having your child in the school. I could not, I've told you this before, I believe that, that, that this is going to be one of our single greatest disciple-making opportunities. And so uh, in addition to um, all that's happening at LCA, as we take next steps with our internship program, we're, program, we're expanding that, and we've uh, forged a partnership with a Christian university, fully credited, Southeast Christian University, that we'll be partnering with so that our interns, if they, if they choose to, will be able to uh, pursue college credit uh, while they're getting hands-on ministry experience here. And so our internship application, our internship for the summer is open for uh, high school students that have completed their junior year or senior year, and then also people up through uh, their uh, early 20s. And so the summer, we allow high school students just for the summer or college students that are just home for the summer to be summer interns, but then also we have the one-year program with the option for college credit. And, and so if you're interested in learning more about that, you can scan that QR code and uh, apply to be a part of our internship program. We are committed to raising up the next generation of Christian leaders. And as we continue to take next steps in Carson City, again, we've been blown away. These uh, last few weeks, there's been between 400 and 500 people every single week at our Carson City campus. Lots of families with junior high and high school kids, they've been saying, when are we going to have a youth ministry here in Carson? And so I want to let you know that uh, we are going to be launching that this spring. Doug Anthony is going to be our youth minister down there. Started out as one of our interns. He was in a part of our internship program this year, and we realized, oh man, this guy has had more experience than, than uh, the average one of our interns and was more ready, and we said, hey, we see God's hand on this man, and, and so he and, and his wife and others are gonna be leading our youth ministry down there, and so if you're in Carson City and, and uh, are a parent of a junior high or high school age student uh, next um, on March the 3rd, we're going to have a meeting right after church there in Carson City, a brief meeting that you'll hear more details about uh, what's happening in the future of our youth ministry in Carson. Let's give it up for what all that God's doing there in uh, Carson City. Hey, let me share with you some of our projections for our 2024 financials. So 2024 uh, projected income in terms of generosity and tithe, we're projecting just over $8 million. Tuition and fees, again, related to uh, our, our Kids Life Child Development Center, base camp before and after school and Life Christian Academy, just shy of $2.8 million. Rental income with our partner schools there in Carson City, uh, $180,000. Total income just shy of $11 million. It is what's projected. And here's the approved budget breakdowns payroll expenses of just over $4 million. And so that represents about 85 full-time equivalents as we've launched the Carson campus, prepare to launch Sparks campus, expand LCA, few more uh, full-time equivalent staff. And then you see those same breakdowns that are very similar, coming down to total expenses of just about $8 million, leaving just shy of $3 million of revenues and excessive expenditures available for special projects and capital expenditures, the vast majority being uh, facility improvements in Carson and primarily also our parking and LCA uh, building down 
here. And so I don't know about you guys, I couldn't be more excited for all that God's gonna do in 2024. Let's look forward to that together. So I've shared with you the what. This is what God did last year, what we're believing for God to do this year. I've shared with you some of the how, how we're going to resource it. I, will, I wanna take the rest of our time and share with you the why. If you have your Bibles, go over to Luke chapter five. If you, if you grew up in church, you have for sure heard this story. Uh, Luke chapter five and verse 17, but I want us to look at it through a little bit of a different lens today. One day, Jesus was teaching, Luke 5, 17, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They'd come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house and lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. I think the danger, uh, if you're like me, I grew up hearing this story, and I think sometimes we hear these stories enough that we kind of lose sight of just how fascinating they are. If you think about these friends carrying this paralyzed man uh, around town to get to Jesus, so many things could have gone wrong. I mean, they could have, he, he could have fallen. I mean, it could have, once they got to the, to the building, I, I, I can think of so many times where if I was uh, that guy's friend that I would have talked myself out of this whole exercise. And, and especially once they get there and there's no way to get inside, it's like, oh, I guess it wasn't meant to be. But then it's like, let's go up on top of this roof. Oh, and, and then let's dig a hole in the roof. And you could easily be thinking, man, this property owner's clearly not going to appreciate that. And, and then you imagine now we're gonna, Jesus is trying to teach. I imagine if somebody was sort of cutting through our roof right now. Like for sure, we're calling a SWAT team, having those people taken away. Like, I don't wanna be interrupted. It feels terrifying. And there's so many ways those people could have talked themselves out of it. But what we see is this with these friends. They were willing to try harder and they were willing to risk more than seemed normal. Why were these friends willing to try harder and risk more than seemed normal? I'm gonna share with you four quick things. First, they had a great love. You don't carry someone around town. Imagine an acquaintance you have and they're like, hey, would you be willing to carry me around town? And you're just, it's one of those things of acquaintances that you act like you don't even hear a mask. If you're willing to carry a man around town, climb up on a roof, damage someone's property, and interrupt a church service, you love that person. They had a great love for their friend. They understood the high stakes. 
they knew that their friend was in a desperate situation. Now, the Bible just says he's paralyzed. We don't know if he's what we would call a paraplegic, his legs didn't work, or if he was what we would call a quadriplegic, his arms didn't work. It's possible he couldn't even feed himself, likely been paralyzed his entire life. They, he was in a desperate situation, and they had this sense because of what they'd heard about Jesus was that Jesus was his only hope. They, they loved this man, and they knew that, that the stakes were high. It was high stakes. This man was in a desperate situation. Nothing's been able to help him up to this point. They couldn't imagine anything else that would have the possibility of helping. They thought Jesus is our only hope. They understood the high stakes. Here's the third thing. They knew they had a limited opportunity. They didn't know if Jesus was going to ever be in their town again. They didn't know Jesus was gonna come back through. They, they didn't know. I mean, it's also possible this man might have been quite sick. He might have had a limited amount of, of time to live. They knew this is our moment. This may not be the most convenient time, but it is the time. And they had a limited opportunity, not knowing when is Jesus gonna be here again? Is this our only shot? They knew they had this one moment and they took advantage of it. Here's the fourth thing. They possessed a big faith in what Jesus could do. That's what struck Jesus. When Jesus looked at the group, and it says when Jesus looked at their faith, he said, your sins are forgiven. I can't imagine being that guy that's paralyzed. I can't imagine being those friends. They've, they have carried him across town, all with the hope that he would no longer be paralyzed. And Jesus leads with your sins are forgiven, and I imagine at that point, there's some level of gratitude and confusion and disappointment. Well, like, that sounds great, but, but man, my legs still don't work. He said, but here's what we see in this story. These guys had this great faith in what Jesus could do. Here's the thing. You don't carry your friend around town, climb up on a roof, dig a hole in the roof, interrupt a church service if you think there's a 10% chance he's getting better. You don't do any of that. You're like, ah, it's not worth it. You don't do that if you think there's a 20% chance he's getting better. You, there was this incredible faith when Jesus saw their faith. And here's what we see that Jesus did. Jesus did more than they expected. They were looking for, for a physical healing. That ended up happening. But, but we also have this spiritual transformation. It was more. They had big faith. And then Jesus did even more. And, and, and here's the thing. If you read the New Testament, it looks like it is pretty common for God to call people to try harder and risk more than what might seem normal. If you look at the book of Acts, it's person after person that God calls them to do something that looks difficult and risky beyond what most people would think would be normal or worth trying. And person after person in the book of Acts just replied and said, yes, I'm in. And I believe this. I believe that in every generation since that first generation of Christians, there have been some people who have answered that call. 
They're saying, I'm willing to, to work harder and risk more than what other people might think looks normal for the sake of the kingdom. And I believe that God's always called us at Life Church to be those kinds of people, saying, we're gonna try hard things and we're gonna take big risks that other people might think doesn't seem normal. One of my great heroes in, in the faith says this. He says, if your church doesn't have one or two big failures a year, you're not trying enough stuff. And it's kind of true in your life, right? Man, if you don't strike out a couple times a year, you're not taking enough swings. And at Life Church, we've just always been committed, saying we're we we're gonna take big swings. Why? The first is is because of love. We're motivated by a great love. Paul said it this way: Second Corinthians five fourteen says, "Why am I doing all this stuff?" Well, he says, "Why? For Christ's love." compels us. Why? Because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all that those who no longer, that, that, that those who live, get this, should no longer live for themselves. He says, man, Jesus changed my life and so it's no longer about me living for me. And now his love that he showed me is now compelling me to love others and want them to have the transformation by the gospel that I've had Christ's love compels us, just like those friends who said, we love this guy enough to do something that looks harder than most would do, looks riskier than most would try. We're gonna carry him around town, climb up on a roof, break into a house, interrupt a church service because we love this guy. And it's because we love the people of Northern Nevada that, that we say we're gonna be willing to try hard things. We're gonna be willing to take some risks because we're motivated by great love and because we believe the stakes are as high as possible. We believe the stakes are the highest stakes possible. We don't believe that there's any more important game in town, that, that there's nothing higher stakes than what God is doing through his local church. We are in one of the top five most unchurched regions in America. 90% of the people here would say, I don't go to church anywhere. 450 out of the 500,000 people in this region, if you asked them, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? They would say no. God has given us this unique opportunity for impact in one of the most spiritually needy places in America and that we're talking about life and death stuff. We're talking about heaven and hell stuff. We're talking about eternal stuff. The stakes are high. Those friends, they knew, if I don't get my friend to Jesus, he's not gonna be all right. And we've got those same high stakes. Here's the third thing. Our opportunities are limited. Those friends knew, this might be my only chance to get my friend to Jesus. It's a limited opportunity that they had to seize. Even though it was gonna be difficult and inconvenient and risky, they knew this is, a, this is a unique moment of opportunity. I may not have another chance. And here's the fact, we don't know how much more time we've got. We, we don't know if we're gonna live another hour, another day, another week, another month, another year, another decade, or another 40. We're guaranteed this 
moment. It's a limited opportunity. Here's the fact. We don't know how much time we've got, and we don't know how much time the 450,000 people in northern Nevada that don't claim to have a relationship with Jesus, we don't know how much time they've got, but here's what I know. Statistically, 100 people a day die in northern Nevada. 90 out of 100, percentage-wise, are going into a Christless eternity. We have a limited opportunity. So we say, we're gonna take advantage of this moment. We're not, we, don't have, we, don't, we don't have the luxury of saying, we're gonna wait till it feels easier. We don't have the luxury of saying, we're gonna wait till this feels ris- less risky. We're gonna wait until all the ducks line up in a row. We say, hey, the stakes are high, our love is great, and our opportunity is limited. We're guaranteed this moment, not the future. We're gonna maximize it. Here's the last thing and we're done. And we're gonna try harder things and take bigger risks than some people might think is normal because our faith in what Jesus will do is big. Those guys had big faith and what Jesus would do if they just got their friend in front of Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He exceeded their expectations. They just wanted him to have his legs work and his arms work. And Jesus says, hey, I'm gonna fix that, but I'm also gonna fix the deeper issue, the ultimate issue, all the things going on inside. Our faith in what Jesus will do is big. And here's the thing. that William Carey is, is called the father of the modern missions movement. He was lived in the late 1700s into the 1800s, and as he was casting this vision that, that, that God's will would be that the whole world would have access to hearing about the good news of Jesus, here's what he said. He said, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. See, when we have faith, that, that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all, all we can ask, when our, that there's this connection between our faith and our willingness to step out and say, God, I'm willing to do some hard things and I'm willing to take some risks and I'm willing to do some things that other people might look and think, that doesn't look normal, that looks risky, that looks difficult, but it all is rooted in this faith and this big, big God. And so I pray that at Life Church we would always have that heart that says we're gonna expect great things from God and we're gonna attempt great things for God even when it's hard, even when it's inconvenient, even when it's risky because of the love of Christ that compels us because we recognize that there's no higher stakes game. We're talking life and death, eternity stuff, because we realize our, our, our moment of opportunity is limited, so we're gonna maximize today. And we have this heart of expectation that God will do more than we can even imagine. Let me pray for you. So Father, we do. Lord, thank you for everything that you've ever done at Life Church. And we confess that all the good stuff's been you. And Lord, as we look towards this year, Lord, we, we just confess our need for you. Lord, we confess apart from you, we can do nothing lasting, nothing that matters, nothing that's worth doing. So we just confess our need for you. And Lord, I pray that you would fill us with your love that your love would compel us to live on mission. 
Lord, that we'd recognize the stakes are high. Lord, that we'd recognize that, that we have a limited opportunity, that we don't know how long we've got, we don't know how long they've got. Lord, that we would have a great heart of expectation, a big faith in you. Knowing that as big as we can dream, your dreams are bigger. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this. And you can also find more information at lifechurchreno.com. Blessings to you.